Hey guys, Caitlin here. Welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ALA podcast. I just finished recording this, and so I'm going back and re-recording the beginning, only to notice that halfway through, I somehow unplugged my microphone. So at minute like six, five and a half or six, maybe a little bit earlier, you will notice that uh, all of a sudden the sound shifts. And I apologize. That's because my dogs were walking around and distracting me, and I was trying to tell them to be quiet, and they wouldn't. So I unplugged my microphone and I did not plug it back in. So you will see that it is a great sound and then it is not so great sound. So I apologize for that in advance. I don't want to re-record it though because I just poured my heart into this episode and it's so good and I don't feel like I can re-record at the same level with the same enthusiasm that I just did because it was just off the charts. Like you are going to love this episode regardless of the fact that the audio starts to stink at the beginning of the recording. So I apologize to you. Please forgive me. We are all only human. Um, But today's episode is about two mistakes that I wish I had known I was doing sooner. And so that's something that I want to talk about and we'll talk about at the beginning of the episode is we might be doing things in our classroom right now that we don't even realize we should be doing differently, that if we do it differently, are going to change things for our kids. And so that's really what this is about is what's possible that we might not even have known was possible. So I really hope that this episode inspires you to take action and really look at what you can do differently in your classroom that's going to make a huge difference for your kids. I also want to invite you to our free live training that we have going on right now all about writing instruction. Uh, The goal is to make it so that the best writers come from your classroom and it's all free. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash live training to sign up and join us in our Facebook group. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and start today's episode. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. So as teachers, we are just constantly, you know, adjusting our lesson plans, even our whole curriculum, right? There might be like a last minute assembly that we have to attend. So the Socratic seminar that we had planned is rescheduled or the short story that we chose for our kids just doesn't work, right? No one's engaged. No one's participating. And so we just get rid of it for next year and we don't even do it the next year. And so we've grown really kind of used to this aspect of our profession. And I like to call it just being flexible, right? But what about the things that we need to change that we might not even realize need changing? Think about that. What about the things that we need to change that we don't even know we need to change? Like we're not even cognizant of it, right? There are things that I need to change that maybe I don't even know I should let that soak in. And like, what if you had just this aha moment? You know, like I like to think of, you know, like the light bulbs flashing and confetti dropping from um, like cartoons or something like that. That moment that you realize that some changes that could be made would make your curriculum better, your teaching better. And, you know, focusing specifically on our writing curriculum. Maybe if we change just some small little things, our kids might be better writers, become more confident writers. And then in turn, our job is easier because our kids don't hate writing when they're confident in their writing. What if that one thing that needs to change is something that you don't even know? 
that you're not even aware of. And so I want to share with you something that I've been reflecting on. And I looked back, you know, at some of the things that I did in my first year's teaching writing and then what changed and what I did when I became a much stronger, dare I say, like I consider myself a master writing teacher at this point in my career. And I looked back and I did some reflection and I really identified two big decisions when it came to my writing curriculum that I wish I had made sooner. Because once I made those changes... My teaching became more streamlined. My teaching became less choppy. Like it all just started to make sense. And so I felt super confident in my instruction. And because I was confident, my kids were confident. And it just is this snowball effect where things get better and better and better. And the results get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you build on all of that stuff. And so what I want to do with you today is I want to break down those two decisions for you um, so that you can kind of see my progress and my process and why those two decisions were really so transformative for me in my teaching career, especially when it came to teaching writing. Okay, so decision number one was making literary analysis writing the cornerstone of my curriculum. You've probably heard me talk about this before if you've ever followed us on Instagram or Facebook or where have you. We always talk about this idea that literary analysis writing is the cornerstone of your ELA curriculum. Reading, writing, what have you, it is the cornerstone of everything that you do in your ELA classroom. This is the decision that I made. And so back in episode 37, Jessica and I shared a little bit about our teaching journeys. And if you remember, both of us began using the literary analysis writing framework that we developed called the EBW approach back in 2013 when we were teaching together. And before that, you know, we both talked about this. We were both strong teachers. You know, our students' writing was fine, but it was really a struggle to get our students to dig deeper into the text, to go further with their their analysis, right? They couldn't really move past summarizing to start justifying and to really take their writing to the next level. And so back then, you know, before we really used our EBW approach, anytime we did a writing assignment, it was you know, we planned it the week before, we were working on it Sunday night before school started. Um, We were giving our students the response to literature or their essay question or their prompt like right before they wrote their essay. And kind of just, we dreaded the whole process. Like it was fine, right? Like I said, it was fine, but we didn't love it. We didn't step into this emotion of loving it, of being just so stoked to go teach writing, which is how I feel now. And so that's what I will say is that after implementing our EBW approach and the specific writing framework that we've developed, I'm telling you every single thing changed for me in my classroom as a teacher and ultimately changed for my students in my classroom as writers. When we started using all of these techniques that we teach teachers in our writing course that we call writing instruction, a proven approach, a huge, a massive shift occurred. And we are the only people who've experienced this major shift. Like so many of the other teachers who've gone through our online PD have experienced the same exact thing. I mean, you heard them. If you've listened to our past interview episodes that we've just aired the last couple of weeks, so many teachers are seeing amazing results as a result of using the EBW approach. And what's beautiful about it is that your lessons through the EBW approach become more organized. And so because they're more organized, you're more confident teaching students how to write because you know what to teach, how to teach it, and when to teach it. And ultimately your students become more confident writers. And when students become confident in what they're doing, they start to 
like what they're doing, right? We don't like things that we are not good at. Like I don't want to go to yoga because I am not good at yoga. I want to go to kickboxing because I know I'm good at that and I love doing it. And so if we can get our students to be confident writers, if we can get our students to see that they are good at this through how we teach them to become good at it, they are going to not hate it anymore. They might even start loving writing, right? And what's really cool is when we saw that the writing framework that we created really got major results, we started to use more aspects of the approach within every literature unit beyond just the writing portion of it. And that's when things really started to change. So all of a sudden, our students students were participating in Socratic seminars. They were doing silent debates. And they were applying all of the techniques from our framework that they used in their writing into their discussions, into you know the way that they were talking about literature with their classmates, finding claims, using premises, justifying their reasons with solid evidence from the text. And that was huge, right? You could walk into my room at any time and my students were sharing evidence from the text, like book open, legit evidence that made sense to the argument that they were you know, trying to support. They were justifying their reasons and they weren't even aware that they were doing it because it just became so second nature. And so this goes back to this whole idea of using our EBW approach, our evidence-based writing approach, literary analysis as the cornerstone of your curriculum. When you do that, your classroom has a common language and everything flows, everything makes sense. And so looking back right at the beginning of my teaching career, I'm like, why didn't I do that before? Like, why had my writing lessons just been fine? No, why had I been okay with that? And I think it's because, you know, there are so many things that go into being a teacher and there's only so much you can do. But I also think it's because I didn't even realize that what I had was experiencing now was even possible. I didn't even know that that was a thing, right? I didn't realize that there could be a time when all of the essays that my students turned in were logical and organized and well-developed. Like that wasn't even on my radar. That wasn't even in my realm of possibility, I didn't even realize that there could be a classroom where students were like excited to come to classroom and and write and approach their assignments with just this confidence and such clarity about how to write, what to write, how to communicate it, what to say, when to say it, how to find evidence from the text. I had no idea that it was even possible to have an experience like that in my classroom. I had no idea. And so I would have done anything in my first year's teaching before you started using the approach that Jessica and I developed, I would have done anything for somebody to tell me and say, look at what is possible. This is possible. Here's how you do it. Here's the approach that you use. Here's the framework that you use. Use it over and over and over again with your students and you will be amazed by the results. So if right now, like you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, okay, my lessons are fine. Like, it's all well and good. Or maybe you're even thinking, oh my gosh, (laughs) my lessons are so bad. Like, please, please help me. Or maybe you only have your students, you know, write one or two literary analysis essays during the year. I cannot stress enough to you that when you make literary analysis writing the backbone of everything else you do in your classroom, you and your students will thrive. 
Like do it now. Like now is the time it is possible. You will not be disappointed by the results that you will see when you truly embrace what we call the EBW approach, evidence-based writing. And if it seems daunting and you're like, Caitlin, I don't even know where to start. I just want to tell you that we are opening our doors for enrollment to writing instruction, approve and approach on December 29th. We're accepting a whole new cohort of teachers to go through, to train you, to help you, to support you so that you can feel the way that I feel about writing, the way that all of the other teachers who've been interviewed on our podcast feel about writing, but more importantly, the way that their students are writing, that they are truly taking their kids to the next level, preparing them for high school so that when their kids get into high school, the teachers in high school say, you must have come from that school. I am sure that Mrs. Mitchell taught you because I can tell in your writing. Like we want you to be that exceptional writing teacher and I want you to say like I've drunk the Kool-Aid right I want you to feel that way we actually had a training an in-person training one of our teachers just went through it and at first you know the first five minutes she was like okay getting a feel you know I don't know and then at minute 10 she totally interrupted us from what we were saying and she goes okay like I'm good I've drunk the Kool-Aid like this framework is amazing we are using it all year this is what we are doing and it was just so amazing to see like boom how fast it happened for her and I know that same exact thing is going to happen for you so to give you more information about our online professional development course you can join us we have a whole live training that's happening right now that's amazing we have over a thousand teachers in our pop-up Facebook group going over essential questions doing bonus trainings and then we have a big live training on December 29th we also have one on January 2nd and January 5th for you to choose from depending on what day works best for you And you can sign up for that and then join us in the Facebook group by going to ebacademics.com forward slash live training. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash live training. You'll get access to pick which date works for you for the big live training. And then we have a ton of bonus trainings inside of the Facebook group. Our goal is to support you. Our goal is to help get you there to what you never knew was possible because you didn't even know that you needed it. Okay. Oh, let's take a little breath there. So on to decision number two that I wish that I had made sooner. So you may remember from episode 37 that Jessica and I taught across the hall from each other at our school in LA. And since our classrooms were so close to each other, we really could hear each other teaching. Like I was like, what is Jessica saying today? Right. And we were using a ton of the same vocabulary when we were teaching writing. We had things like tag that we've talked about on the podcast episode, claim, evidence. Um, And what was really cool about this experience was that I knew as a seventh and eighth grade teacher that my kids that were coming from fifth grade with Jessica already had the foundation. Okay, so Jessica was teaching in fifth grade, I was teaching in seventh and eighth grade. Unfortunately, there was a gap and this created a problem. So what happened was the sixth grade teacher did not use the same writing framework that we did. She didn't use the same approach. um, And it was really unfortunate because the kids really struggled, right? Here were the students going from fifth grade with Jessica, exceptional kick-ass writers at the end of the year, like ready to go into sixth grade. And then there was this abrupt shift and that whole approach, that whole framework, everything the kids had learned essentially dissipated and went to the wayside. So then when they moved into seventh and eighth grade to come back to me with the approach, with evidence-based writing and the framework and all of the things that we teach with our EBW approach, they were like, oh, I can breathe again. Like I can finally, like it finally makes sense again. And so the second decision that both Jessica and I, we talked about this, that we wish we both had made sooner is to get 
all of the teachers on board with this common writing framework, with this common approach. And I'm sure, you know, we've all taught with a colleague who is just against trying to do anything new that works. Trust me, I've had multiple colleagues who feel that way and it's super frustrating. I get it. But I want to say that if Jessica, myself, and the sixth grade teacher had all sat down and had really talked about and talked through the benefits of being on the same page in terms of our writing expectations, what we were going to do, the students would have been the ones who benefited the most. Not us. I mean, yes, as teachers, we would have benefited, but it's about the kids, right? At the end of the day, it's about them and it's what's best for them. And so when there's cohesion amongst the grade levels, students grow more. It's so difficult for them when all of a sudden there's just this huge shift and they don't know how to start again. And that's not to say that when they go from eighth grade to high school, that isn't going to happen. And as an eighth grade teacher, I tell my kids that I prepare them for that. And I just make sure that they know that they have the foundational skills after having done the EBW approach with me for so long. And so I want to take this a little bit further, this idea of working with other teachers and to just, you know, to take it to the next level. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Huckleberry. No, Huckleberry just gave me the cutest little look. Sorry, I'm not going to edit that out. That's real life. So going back to what I was saying, to take it even further, I wish both Jessica and I, so I'll say we as I work through what I want to say. So we both wished that we had worked with the science teacher and the history teacher at our school when we were together in LA and then also when we moved back up to the Bay Area and really explained the EBW approach and the writing framework to them because what's cool is that the EBW approach is very much applicable to other subjects. It is 100% cross-curricular. So students can now write focused essays based on informational text, not just for me, but in science and in history. So we all now know better. And this is exactly what we would suggest to teachers that we train. This is what we tell them. Like, you see this writing framework working in literature? Guess what? If they're working on it in history, they're working on it in science, it is going to be reinforced in all of their classes, no matter who is teaching. So I urge you, like, be the leader, right? Go out, go spend some time with the teachers in your grade or below your grade level, above your grade level, different subjects at your school. Are you guys all using the same writing framework? Are you guys all using something that works, right? Are your students strengthening their writing each and every single year and building on what they learned in the past? Or do you not even talk to each other, right? And if you're not talking to each other, What can you do to open up that dialogue and create that communication so it benefits kids the most? And so you want to start by thinking about, okay, what are the non-negotiables that students need to know about writing before they enter each grade? So if you're the sixth grade teacher, talk to the fifth grade teacher. Hey, these are the things that I expect the kids to know when they come into sixth grade. And if you guys are all teaching on this cohesive plan, this cohesive approach, I mean, I would urge you to really look at the EBW approach because it freaking works like for lack of a better term it works and we see amazing results time and again no matter the student no matter the school no matter the teacher it is a beautiful thing to see unfold and so I want to give you a little example so what was really cool for me was knowing that Jessica taught her students how to properly include a quote in their writing was great because by the time they came to me I could now do a really brief review about that about including a quote in their writing and then I can jump into higher level analysis so as the seventh and eighth grade teacher I don't have to spend time talking to them about parenthetical citations because they've already talked about it in fifth grade had they gone into sixth grade and practiced that again like they come into eighth grade seventh grade and we can really go deep into the text 
But if that hadn't been one of my non-negotiables, I would have spent way too much time on a skill that should have been addressed sooner. So I urge you, talk to your colleagues, get on the same page, like create a streamlined system. Your students will completely thrive and ultimately your job is going to be easier. It's going to be more clearly defined. Everyone's going to know what they are doing when. So one last thing, I want to talk to you about what this would look like in practice. Okay, so we're doing it right now with a school that we're working with. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know we've been going down to a school in the South Bay um, of San Francisco and doing in-person PDs with them. And the principal's goal is really to implement a a consistent writing curriculum that helps students really thrive as critical readers and writers. Like that is her goal for this year is critical readers and writers. And so we are working with the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade teachers, as well as the middle school history teacher. Okay, so five, six, seven, eight, and the history teacher. So this year alone, we've already seen all of them starting to use the EBW approach and the EBW framework with their students. And what's great is next year, after they've all implemented it this year and all of their kids across all of the grade levels know what it is, next year the fifth grade teacher will teach the framework to the new group of students coming into fifth grade, right? But the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade teachers, all they have to do is like a brief little back to school boot camp. This is what Jessica and I did. And the following year, the new fifth graders will still learn the complete writing framework as the sixth graders, as the seventh graders, as the eighth graders. And once kids see it, so like, let's say the fifth graders who are then sixth graders, seventh graders, when they get to eighth grade, they are able to write and analyze at such higher levels because they have been practicing these skills so much and on such a consistent basis. So those kids are going to be ready to go. They're going to be confident in their writing skills. They're going to be ready to apply them to even more complex and difficult texts because they have had a consistent writing program since they were in fifth grade. Like, can you see how awesome it is when everyone is using a consistency in their writing approach? And even cooler is that the history teacher at the school that we're working with, she's using the same writing framework with her nonfiction text. So students are practicing it in so many different different ways. So to kind of wrap up the two decisions that I wish I'd made sooner, I got to take a breath. I get all worked up talking about writing. I get so excited. I absolutely love it. So the first decision, number one, was that I wish I had made sooner, is that I wish that I had known that I should have made uh, literary analysis writing the cornerstone of my curriculum, like number one, hands down. And number two would be that all of the teachers at my school were on board with what I was doing and they were doing the same thing. Like when we see something that works for kids, we should be doing it. We should be doing it. Okay, so with that being said, I want to again invite you to join us in our free um, Facebook group, in our free live writing training that we have coming up here next uh, Sunday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Um, We are doing a free live writing training on December 29th. You can also choose to join us on January 2nd or January 5th, depending on what day works best for you. We have a free Facebook group that accompanies that, that we're really just helping you grow and supporting you so that the best students, the best writers come from your classroom. Like that's what we want at the end of the day. What a great feeling is that, that the best writers would come from your classroom. So I invite you to join us. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash live training. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash live training. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I could talk about this all day, but enjoy your break. We'll be back next week on Tuesday. So if I don't see you, if I don't talk to you on Instagram or anything like that, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, enjoy your time with loved ones.